Dawn and Steve have a request for you this morning. Help our YouTube channel hit 375 subscribers. Just head on over to youtube.com forward slash at Dawn and Steve and click subscribe. Yeah. Oh, that'd be fun. 375. I remember when it was like 100 and something. Yeah. And we were just trying to get to some kind of even number and it was 200. It's like, oh, wow. Thank you for joining us. Continues to climb. 375. That would be fantastic on this National Strawberry Day. Would love, love, love in celebration of that to have you go to YouTube and like and subscribe. Because it's Strawberry Day? Uh-huh. I, I am trying to find the logic there, but I'll go with that. I'll, celebrating. I'll go there with you. Celebrating. And the way we're going to celebrate National Strawberry Day is to like and subscribe on the YouTube channel for Don and Steve. Oh, there's the bridge. There it is. Kind of. There okay. it is. Did you bring strawberries? With heart shaped and the color of red. No. I had to track down why in the world... We would pick February for strawberries because I cannot think really, not not by experience anyway, any region at this point in the year that has strawberries cooking. Maybe Southern California? Yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah, I have no idea. I no. just cannot figure out why. But probably because they're something. somewhat heart-shaped and red, right? There so they go with it Valentine's is. Day. That is maybe. why. Now, May is uh, strawberry month. So you will hear it again, but day, strawberry day, because sometimes, you know, you have a day and then you'll have a week or a month. The month comes later and that makes more sense. May. Okay. Doesn't it? I mean, they're more in more um, season in for season. probably more of us at that point in time. Certainly. Yeah. But for February, because like you said, shape and color, that is certainly why it's uh, strawberry day. And did you know this? If you do go picking strawberries in May or June, that you should not overload your container because they are so fragile. Well, they get too mushy. They can get, yeah, they can weigh on one another, bruise. So you don't want to overfill your bucket. No, we don't want bruised strawberries. You also Lots don't, of little buckets, huh? Lots of, yeah. So take the kids, yep. give them all a little bucket, and then you don't want to wash them until you're ready to eat them. So especially if you've put, picked them out of the field, they're dirty, uh-huh. don't be washing them until you're ready to use them. Why is that? Because the water, they're so moisture contentful that the water just brings mold and mildew faster. It'll break them down faster. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's no good. Nothing like nasty, mushy strawberries. Like, no. The only thing you can do at that point, depending on how nasty, mushy they are, you could freeze them and put them in a smoothie. But sometimes, especially when they're fuzzy, no thanks. Uh, yeah, the the fuzz we we can do without that. The mushy, you're right. That's okay in a smoothie. You could. You could even uh, maybe throw them on top of some pancakes or something like that. But yeah, I, I don't know. I could see them going with uh, pancakes or into some baked goods, making uh, you know some some breakfast type food. That moisture content, though, you have to be careful if you're a baker. You know this. It, it adds so much. Other, I tried one you time. Know this. Yes, the first time I tried to make strawberry muffins, I'm like, what in the world happened here? Not thinking about the moisture content and having to compensate for that. A lot of those berries will let loose of all of their yummy stuff, their juice and things, and that will make the contents of your baking item uh yeah just a man you would know that i do not i just know that i could take some strawberries throw them on a bowl of cereal and that would work too in fact i I thought this was uh mildly interesting (laughs) kellogg's (laughs) and the head of kellogg's is saying we are promoting cereal for dinner especially if you're having a hard time making ends meet have you considered cereal for dinner 
because with the cost of groceries and what they've been now, Americans are now spending 10% or more of their income on food, more than they have in about 30 years. Most families, average sp- families spending more than $1,000 a month on groceries now. Have they looked at their own retail prices of, of uh, cereal, though? Because that has gone up as well. It has gone up. Uh, but according to those in the cereal industry, and again, again consider the source, they are for, if you're going to have a meal, one of the cheaper options out there at the grocery store, so they say. They said, and besides, 25% of cereal consumption is outside of the quote-unquote breakfast window anyway. It is a snack. I know that Ben May uses cereal oftentimes for a snack, and it is certainly could be part of the dinner or not part of, but it could be, it dinner, could be dinner because yep. of just the way our schedules roll. Oftentimes we'll be like, okay, what am I going to have for dinner? And I catch it with a bowl of cereal. I'm like, there, he solved pro- problem solved. Exactly. It's quick. It's easy. Mm. Bowl, a little bit of milk and a spoon. You're good to go. Throw strawberries in it today, National Strawberry Day. Well, there you go. Now you got dinner planned already <laughs> for tonight. Don and Steve in the morning on Moody Radio. All right, so we were just talking about breakfast food a moment ago. Strawberries. Have you heard Wendy's is adding to their menu? <laughs> no. Yeah, I am kind of excited about this and a little bit scared at the same time. They have partnered with Cinnabon to introduce the Cinnabon Pull-Apart. Made of warm, buttery dough bites baked together with cinnamon, topped with a Cinnabon signature cream good. cheese frosting. This is it not good. It just makes me hungry right there. I'm worried for my children. I Stop. Right? Now, I'll be very curious to see if this impacts your kids in any way and what this might do to the fast food industry. You know what dynamic pricing is? Uber, Lyft, rideshare companies have been practicing dynamic pricing. At times when demand is high, the price goes up. No. At times when the demand goes lower, I mean, I know this the about price that. goes yes. down, uh-huh. right? So Wendy's may soon be experimenting with uh, surge pricing oh, no. or dynamic pricing. I think this is kind of crazy to think about. How do you do this? But they're planning to roll out a dynamic pricing model similar to rideshare companies, what they're doing, meaning that their prices would fluctuate based on the time of day, the location of the restaurant, the demand of the menu items. And because so many of these menu boards are now digital, they can make changes. Can you imagine you're pulling in line for your fast food? You're going to order your uh, your double burger and fries and Frosty, and while you're waiting in line to place your order, all of a sudden, oh, we just hit that is Peak not demand cool. time. That is not <laughs> Price cool. Price went up by two bucks. You're there. You've got a 45 minutes for lunch. You've got to get through whatever drive through or in-house thing that you need to accomplish. And all of a sudden, you start increasing your price. I hope that somehow consumers will come out with a counter that says, this is a bad idea. It makes me wonder if it's low demand time. Will the price get cheaper than what it is right now? Right? <laughs> You know that. I mean, not you know true. it's going to be real easy. They're they're trying to figure out ways to create more profit margin. So you know it's going to be real easy for them to raise the prices during high demand time, but during low demand time, as a way to try and get people to come and you know spend their money there versus the fast food restaurant down the street. Well, all of a sudden they drop the prices on some of their menu items. 
I do not like this. This is not okay. I mean, everybody, you're just talking about how groceries have gone up and a lot of families are spending $1,000 a month. And I realize that eating out is, you know, part of the budgetary thing that if you can do it, you do it. If you can't, you shouldn't. And yet when they're starting these kind of rolling price increases, that is just not going to be helpful for the bottom line. And I hope they remember I guess at the executive level, it may not matter, but like you're consumers too. It, sure. It's one thing when you're rolling but, those prices up as the one that's charging someone, but when you're on the other end of that, it don't feel so good. Well, unless for some reason, you know, you, you hit two o'clock in the afternoon and the price goes down, then maybe that uh, feels a little bit better. But yeah, I, I get it. So is there an industry? I I don't know how this is going to work well. I'm just trying to think of all the technology that's going to have to go into making dynamic pricing and surge pricing work on a nationwide huge company like this. Mm -hmm. I'm sure the technology is there, and it's just a matter of implementing it, getting out out into the field and trying to work out all the, the bugs and the kinks. But I'm wondering, is there an industry that you think could practice dynamic pricing well. Oh. Hmm. I I mean, don't the airlines kind of do that? I think too? they kind of do that. I think they I, I think we accept it, but I'm not sure is that well? Do they do it well? They at least let you know. I I think I get emails all the time from different airlines saying, "Hey, we're running this price right now." Of course, you go to find that price and it doesn't really exist. However, at, at least they're lower than the norm. I um, what would that be? 800-555-7898. If you have an idea about what industry might do dynamic pricing well, will the fast food industry be able to implement this and not all of us cry foul? I see train wreck. <laughs> I kind of hope so. Even as we're looking at uh, that price surge, like when it comes to fruit and things like that, because you see that often. And thank you, Brian and Cindy. Turns out that Louisiana and Florida both do have um, strawberries in season right now. Yay. Road trip. (laughs) Join the conversation. Call or text 800-555-7898. We love it when you do because we know we're all over the literal map when we're together on any given morning, Monday through Friday, thanking of our friends in Las Cruces. They just lost an officer just a few weeks ago. And our friend, uh, Pastor John Powell, was at the memorial, the candlelight mm-hmm. vigil that was held recently. And thousands in the Las Cruces community showed up to pay their respects to off- Officer Hernandez and his family. Just a heart-wrenching thing. But to yeah. see a- an actual newspaper Show that display of community support is heartwarming, and I know we can continue to pray. We have brothers and sisters there in Las Cruces, part of the Moody Radio family as well, and we want to continue to lift up this community. We do. You know, there's something about when a community hurts Mm -hmm. that there's an opportunity for people to hear the good news of the gospel. And I know that that has been one of my prayers as we hear about different tragedies that happen all across the U.S., 
Lord, somehow would you use this tragedy for your good and your glory? Would you somehow use this to draw people to yourself? And praying that that certainly happens out there in uh, the Las Cruces area. Absolutely. Our hearts are with you, our prayers. And like you said, for the gospel, sake of the gospel. And then you look at a community like Florida and you see so many headlines come out of Florida that start with the phrase, a Florida man. Oh, yeah. I did not think this was a thing. Oh, it is so much a thing. (laughs) But it's a thing. Anytime there's a crazy news story, my first question is, did it happen in Florida? And you're usually right. I mean, over 50 percent, I do believe the answer would be yes. There is a radio personality. At least that's what he used to do. Now he's a podcaster out of St. Augustine. And his name is Pete Melfi. And Pete said, you know... We are weird. Florida Floridians yeah. <laughs> are weird, and we just want to embrace that. So Pete came up with this contest, these games, if you will, to just have the title of official Florida man. Yeah. So what do you have to do to become a qualified Florida man or to compete in the games? I love this. They had a mullet contest, a weaponized pool noodle mud duel, and a Florida sumo contest where competitors tried to spill each other's drinks there. And then they also had other events. This one is one that I would want to try. They had a pork butt eating contest. Oh. Bring on the pulled pork, baby. Yeah, you probably put a dent in that. You and Briggs, you both can kind of go head to head or nose to nose on that. Be all the way to the finish line through um, just, yeah, taking on something like that. But the Florida Ma'am Beauty Contest, I find that very interesting. The article shows no pictures, but I bet if I dig a little deeper, you will be able to find this. And I just wonder how legit the beauty contest is. You could also be part of... Um, the evading arrest obstacle course where the competitors this. in this one, <laughs> they were being pursued by actual police officers. That's Pete, hilarious. You were very creative in putting these Florida man games together. It's the first annual. I'm going to suspect it will not be the last. And the grand prize was awarded not only bragging rights, but five grand. Hey, that's not too not shabby. Too shabby. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm actually looking at some of the pictures on Instagram from the Florida uh-huh. Man contest. Uh-huh. This looks like a good time. <laughs> they have their blow up inflatables, obstacle courses. I'm looking at that picture of uh, guys going after that pulled pork. Oh, man. this that, I bet this was a fun, fun day for people. They brought in celebrities, too. Some yeah. local and some part of the American Gladiator um, games and just to bring in extra people. And if you bought a ticket to go and just watch, 55 bucks. Wow. That feels a little steep. But I, I'm looking at the crowds. A lot of people showed up for this. They embraced it. A little fun and yep. the Florida Man title. Oh, well, what's not to love about that? Don Steve in the morning on Moody Radio. All right. You were saying a moment ago that you've got the story of a Texas man. Texas. We already looked at the Florida man. Yes. So what is up with the Texas man? This is cool to me because sometimes my mind will take me down the path of, well, you're this age already. Don't, you know, you don't need to try something new. You don't need to um, improve. Now, Overall, I don't believe that. But when I, when it comes to working out or learning a new skill, sometimes you might think, eh, you know, I've hey, lived this long without it. I'm I watch, okay. I watched you like the last year and a half. 
you started working out, going to exercise class regularly. And yeah, yeah it, you can tell you feel better. I do feel better. And so to watch this gentleman out of Texas, Tim Minnick is his name, become the world's oldest in fitness instructor at the age of 81. Oh, that's cool. I applaud you, Tim. When you, uh, he dethroned 65-year-old gal out of California by taking uh, on this um, mo- this mantle. And what happened was he'd been working out anyway, and his wife passed away. Mm. He threw himself into working out even more. He said, I already was got pretty hardcore. But when she died, I, I kind of didn't know what to do with myself. So I thought, well. I'll keep doing what I do. Spend more time at the gym. Spend more time at the gym. And then I realized I wanted to do something that would impact others' lives. So he went and got his certificate so that he could be a certified fitness instructor. And um, you get that from the National Academy of Sports Medicine. So he's legit. Yeah. Legit. And he teaches classes there in Austin, Texas. And he says... Normally, folks range in age from anyone over 50, 50 and over, but his oldest person is 95. That's cool. I hope I can still get out and move if I live to be 95. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. He also says, you know, our bodies are miracles. We have been gifted these bodies and to use them and care Mm -hmm. for them. He is on no medication. He eats clean. And he said all of his buddies that are retired, and he said, these are close friends now. They don't understand what I'm doing, and they don't understand why I won't go out drinking with them. Well, I suspect that if they took one look at the quality of their life versus the quality of his life. Truth. The amount of medication, as you say, that he's on versus them. The things that he is able to do versus them. The flexibility, the balance, the strength, all of that. You could come with an, up uh, with an answer pretty quickly. Yeah. And again, when you look at somebody who t- cares for themselves like that, it's amazing to see how age is different on his face than it oh, yeah. could be on someone else. I'm going to put this article on our Facebook page because I find it so intriguing that when we steward something now, I mean, you are getting older and Corinthians talks about this outwardly. We're wasting away inwardly, spiritually. We're being renewed day by day. If we're doing the practices that God has given us rhythms with him, time with him in his word. And yet stewarding the shell that we have temporarily here, that's a thing. It is. It is. And I'm watching the guy who leads our martial arts classes. Yeah, I think he's 60. He had a, a birthday not that long ago. And he is running circles around, doing more push-ups and faster and planking and all the things more effectively and and efficiently. And, like, he's killing the 20-something-year-olds. Oh, sure. These guys who walk in the gym and thinking that they're in great shape. (laughs) It's flexibility, you know, able to—it's martial arts. So he's able to kick above his head without any problem. I'm like, man, I want to be him when I grow up. I'm not that many years behind him, but he's given me something to aim at. Practice, practice is what I have learned. And you referenced me working out and learning these different things that I would have said a year and a half ago. No, I can't do that. I I even remember just trying to do a tummy crunch, you know, a sit up. Yeah. I was like, yeah, this is never going to happen for me. And now I'm like, wow, I can do that. But it's hanging in there. It's the perseverance. The perseverance. That. That'll preach. Yeah. Well, we're glad that uh, you are with us on this Tuesday morning and hope that, you know, whatever challenge that maybe you have in front of you today, uh, you can persevere. 
you can uh, you know turn to God, ask for His help, and it's amazing how when we, with intentionality, pursue Him, ask for His help, and then get busy and active in whatever He's called us to do, how He brings about uh, some really really cool changes in our lives. It's Don and Steve in the morning on Moody Radio.